This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Today on the podcast, we are going to take a little trip together. Uh, actually talk about a trip uh, that Pastor and I got to go on last week. Uh, Pastor, you got the you had the privilege to preach at Liberty University's convocation last Wednesday and kindly invited me to tag along. And it was such a meaningful trip. Both of us, I think, uh, learned so much from the experience. We had such a good time debriefing Wednesday night. Uh, after you had preached twice that day, and then even in the days since then, have just gone back to that trip over and over again. That it's one of the things I like about this podcast is we can just bring everyone else into our conversation to uh, hear what we're learning. And uh, so I thought, man, why, why don't we just continue the conversation and tell them yeah. about the experience as well? Well, you know, I, I realized um, years ago, and this is why we started uh, our Replicate Collective, for those who don't know, and this is maybe a shameless plug for that, but the reason we started our Replicate Collective was one day I was at a, a convention or a conference, and I was sitting with David Platt, who was a mentor of mine years ago, and David and I had like a 30 or 40 minute relaxing conversation. Uh, obviously, with David Platt, there's no really relaxing. It's intense. Take the gospel to the nation. Don't waste your life. Kind deal. And I'm, as usual, taking notes on my iPhone notes app and just David, as usual, just dropping truth bomb after truth bomb. (laughs) And I leave there after writing, you know, a page or two of notes and go back to the room. And I said to my wife, Candy, if, if the average pastor or men or any pastor or minister could be a fly on the wall of that conversation and just hear some of the things David says off the cuff that he does intuitively or, hey, I was praying for it. Well, how would you pray for that? And I was preaching through, how did you determine that? I said, Candy, it would be, it would be life-giving for these guys. Mm. Well, that was two years ago mm-hmm. or two and a half years ago. And this August, we started the Replicate Collective, which basically is a way to sharpen and encourage and help pastors and leaders grow because frankly when you get out of seminary or when you finish with school or when you uh, start pastoring you really don't grow anymore i mean really you don't read many books like you did you don't work on your preaching and teaching so anyway these conversations that you and i obviously had uh, at liberty um, man god just teaches you so much when you're really kind of processing and unpacking uh, some of the things you're learning so you, you learn from each other I think the biggest yeah. thing that I've learned in the collective or one of the greatest benefits that I've had is because I coach two of the huddles yeah. is I take as many notes as I think they do. Like yeah. just hearing from other brothers who are serving in other contexts and um, what, do, what do y'all do in this situation? Or, yeah. hey, have y'all ever faced this before? And then the back and forth just takes off. It's it's awesome. Well, and that's the beauty of the collective. You're paired with similar context-sized churches so you can share information and, and practices that you're learning, and then you're held accountable, which is a big thing we don't get today. So anyway, if you're interested in this, uh, which is not what we're going to talk about, yeah. but we're talking yeah. about, uh, <laughs> go to org, I think, or replicatecollective.com or replicate.org. And I bet one, they all work. One of those places you will find the Replicate Collective. Uh, we have uh, thought leaders and pastors and teachers every 
uh, every month. And so we've had guys like David Platt and J.D. Greer and Derwin Gray and Matt Chandler coming up. And So we've turned this podcast into a collective commercial. <laughs> That's so, not what we're talking about. So, Pastor, uh, last week, we uh, the two of us and our wives flew to Charlotte and then to Lynchburg. Yeah, small airport. <laughs> small airport. Uh, I was amazed that you folded yourself into that seat. Uh, but we were invited to go, uh, you were invited to go and speak at Convocation. This happens twice a week at Liberty. All students are required to go. Although they said because of COVID, they can easily get out of it if they just say they're not comfortable around a crowd. Yeah. But even then, there were 13,000, 14,000 students in this basketball arena. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's an arena, yeah. So let me walk you through kind of how the day progressed, and then I'm going to share with you an insight that I told Colin uh, later that night. God may have led me here to teach me this one truth uh, only. And so we get there, and um, the, the hospitality at, at Liberty is unbelievable. Uh, obviously, they're, they're very kind and uh, the campus is pretty overwhelming. I've been to it before, but I mean, it's pretty overwhelming. And the campus is really the culmination of a life of faith and belief by a man named Jerry Falwell. Now, I had uh, read Jerry Falwell Sr.'s biography uh, when the revival started. So when the revival started, I realized, like like a lot of people, I knew a little bit about revival, but I didn't know some of the men who walked by faith. And that's when I was introduced to men like Manly Beasley and Ron Dunn and Peter Lord and Jack Taylor and Jerry Falwell Sr. And I read the biography, and in the biography, there's a story about faith. And uh, it's a story about how Jerry Sr. would take one of his boys to the Liberty Mountain Fields. And back then, you know, when, when one of the boys uh, were little, it, it was just forest and trees. There was nothing there. It was just a mountain where people would hunt. And they lived on the other side of the mountain. And so they would go there. He, he said many Saturdays, Jonathan said many Saturdays, dad would go there. Uh, I said, who was it? Was it you or your brother? He said, no, it was me. Dad took me. I was little. I had G.I. Joes and action figures. And dad would take us to get hot dogs. He said, I never forget. We'd go get hot dogs. And then we would drive to the campus and dad would leave me in the car or play out on the trunk or the back and dad would walk the property and he would shuffle his feet really close together, almost like he was shuffling, looking down and kind of moving his mouth. And he said, I saw this many, I said, how many times do you think you went with dad? He said, I probably went with dad about a hundred times. I said, wow, over the course of years. And he said, one day I asked my dad, dad, what are you doing? And he said, Dad said, I'm claiming Joshua 1 over this property, son, where the Bible says, I will give you every place your feet tread. Every place the sole of your foot treads, I will give to you. He said, son, I'm claiming this. And so I said, wow, can you believe what God's done over mm -hmm. the past, you know, mm -hmm. what, 40 years, 50 years? 50, 50 they're years. celebrating yeah, 50, 50 years. years. Yeah, 50 years now. I said, can you believe what God's done? What would Dad say? about all that's happened and all, I mean, look at this place. What would dad, would he be blown away by what he yeah, saw? Wow. Yeah. I can't believe this. Yeah. Well, well, look what I'm seeing. He said, no, dad would not be blown away. I said, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, you got to understand, Robbie, dad saw it before anybody else did. Mm. He said, I remember walking with dad and dad saying, son, that's where the basketball gymnasium is going to be. 
he'd say, that's where the dorms are going to be. This is where the, the, the worship center is going to be. This is where the schools go. I mean, he said, dad saw, he knew it's like God gave it to him and he just walked by faith. And I asked Jonathan, I said, where are the men today who are cut from that cloth mm. that, that get a word from God and believe God for the word, you know, not, not repackaging or re, 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 parroting someone else's ideas or, hey, it's working down the street. Let's try it. Y'all heard about this 40-day kid? No, no. These are these are men who got alone with God. It reminds me of Manly Beasley. Mm-hmm. When Manly Beasley wanted to know what to do with the future of his life, remember what he would do? He would go go out in the woods by well, himself? Well, first of all, he'd grab a jug of water. Okay. Number two, he would, Robert knows this, he would get a Bible, his Bible, and by the way, as one of the greatest gifts I may have gotten from anyone, uh, Jonathan and Manly Beasley Jr. know how much I love their father, uh, honored me with a Bible from dad. Wow. From the late 70s, I think it was, or mid 80s, late 70s, early 80s, which when I received this Bible, it blew me away so much. They said, hey, this is a gift. Obviously, we don't have many we're going to give because they knew how much I love dad, how much Mm -hmm. I preached about dad. And you've heard it on the podcast. And uh, I said, first thing I said, this Bible. Well, no, I didn't say I I thought about when I got back. I said, this Bible has been to the woods. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It had to go to the woods. And what he would do is he would take a jug of water his Bible, and he'd go to the woods and he'd tell Marthy, his wife, he'd say, Marthy, I'm going to the woods. Well, honey, how long are you going to be? When are you coming back? And here's what he'd say. I'm going to come back when I get a word from God. Now, pastor, leader, listen to me. When you get a word from God, you don't fear men. Mm. When you get a word from God, you have courage to stand in the face of your enemies. Mm. When you get a word from God, you don't, you don't get sidetracked by adversity. When you get a word from God, you, you move forward um, consistently. So I would say some of you right now, you, you're wondering what is the next step in my life? You need to go get a word from God. So Jerry senior, obviously got a word from God. And so we saw that we got there, we were looking at the campus. We were, um, in the green room beforehand and I had gone back and forth on what I was going to preach. So I'm, I'm going to pre, I have a couple options. Um, one of the options was an, was a message. I, I, prepared for the Arkansas Baptist Convention last year. It was the first time I'd preached outside of the church about the revival. And um, it was a message I called uh, an audience of one. Who are you pleasing? Yeah, I remember that. Remember that. And I just talk about from Hebrews 11 how you can't please God and or you can't please man and God at the same time. You can't mm-hmm. criticize others. And, and, and I just go through how Enoch was a man who walked with God and pleased God. Okay, and then I end with the personal story of how God had to do a work in my life before he could work in the church's life, and I told God the problems, this, and the problems of the deacons, and the problems of the staff, but God said, no, you're the problem, okay? And then the final line would be, I say this with humility to those listening, but the greatest blood clot to revival coming to your church, your community, your campus may be you. And then I would give a response time. Okay, so that was option A. Option B was a message I had preached at Long Hollow early on in the revival called, Are You Sleeping in the Garden? Also a good one. Well, yeah, one of my personal favorites. And that one is about Peter in the courtyard failing 
uh, when he denies Jesus. And the case I make is that he failed in the courtyard because he slept in the guard. And by the way, both of these messages, I think you can, I know this one you can hear online at Long Hollow. But the case I make was Peter was sleeping in the garden. Therefore, he fell in the courtyard. And maybe if you're listening, the reason some of you are failing in the courtyard of life is because you're sleeping in the garden and you're sleeping in prayer. You're sleeping, uh, calling out to God. Could you not? The question I ask is, Jesus says, could you not pray one hour with me? Hmm. And so before I get into what I preached, let's take a quick break, Colin. Let's take a quick break. And after the break, let's talk about, did you take one of these two options or did you go with option C? None of the above. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. We will create a catalytic clarity. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders, and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com, replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. We're back, and we're talking about a quick trip we made to Liberty University last weekend for Pastor to Preach Convocation and the night service. I think it's called Liberty Community. Is that right? Um, Something Community. Campus Campus Community. community. That's right. Thank you, Robert. Um, And you were just telling us that you were thinking about two different sermon options this is an issue that as a non-preacher, I don't have. So I'm no. like, I don't know what this means. The struggle's but. real if you're a preacher, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. So you had two options that you were thinking about, both good. Yep. Which but, one did you go with? Uh, I went with neither of them. <laughs> and uh, you can go listen to it if you want online. I decided to go with a message that I had preached. And, and I haven't been doing this. I, I, I try not to repackage and I, when I preach, uh, when somebody calls me to preach, uh, which my preaching schedule has been very limited lately, but I try to really seek the Lord and get a word and, and, and give a fresh word for the people. But this is a passage I have preached, Colin, I would say no less than 500 times. And that sounds like a lot. It may be more than that. I mean, I preached the, when I first started out in preaching every event you call me to, I preach this message and it's blind Bartimaeus. Mark 10, um, 46 through 52. I know this text like the back of my hand. I've preached some of it. And I talk about how he was blind, threw his cloak away, came to Jesus, and he was healed. And then I tack my testimony at the end on of how I wasn't physically blind, but I was spiritually blind. I give my testimony and give an invitation to respond. If you've preached that 500 times, I think I've heard it at least 167 times. I was going to say, it's probably about that many. 
I, I'm ready at any time. If you fell out during that sermon, I could come up and just keep it going. You could pick right up. I, I, could, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I drove through the campus. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah my, I could, I could blaring the unedited, unedited version. Unedited version of Tupac, Tupac Shakur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I could do it. I could do it. Uh, as Let me go back real quick. You're not saying that when you go preach somewhere, you have to have a fresh word, then you shouldn't ever preach a message you've preached before, right? Yeah, no, let me just clarify. If you get me to preach at your church or your event, I am probably going to preach something that the church and the and the flock that I care for, that I prepare for them, which is a 15, 16-hour um, discipline every week. I, I don't have the bandwidth to, to, to put another 10, 15, 20 You're hours. You're still praying about what should you preach at that place. Yeah, and I'm at a stage now where you know I've been preaching since, uh, well, I've been consistently preaching almost 20 years where I have a bank and I and I write full manuscript and so I keep all the sermons and so I have kind of a wealth of of um, exegesis and, and sermon ideas and fodder to pull from. So yeah, I'm not saying you don't have to have a fresh start. What I'm saying is it's best to hear from God. Yeah. Don't just pull one out the file cabinet and just put a, a ten minute prayer on it and expect God to work. I mean, yeah. really seek the Lord and say, God, what do you what do, what do the people need here? And God led me to the testimony. And obviously, I mean, from what happened, I think it was the right the right call so so let me fast forward into the lesson i'm learning so we get to the arena and uh, it's pretty overwhelming i mean the arena seats what fifteen thousand? i think they were like 14 i don't know it was, it was like being at a conference a yeah college it was like conference. 13 14 thousand in the room and um so uh the worship is amazing it's uh everything is by the the minute you know it's organized and professional and so they pull me back after like uh, in the last worship song and uh I, i'm kind of uh kind of discombobulated at this point just between us i couldn't find my ipad remember you you brought my ipad i was sitting next to my wife but you have my ipad and my my bible mm-hmm. and i just get nervous when i don't have an ipad or bible next to me at all and robert to tell you i just start to get a little nervous yeah. and i'm getting ready to get up and yeah. i'm like where's my bible and then i had to remember the sermon illustration, which I never use, is a coat that I had to bring up. And sometimes I preach this message and forgotten the coat in the audience. And this is not one where I can just reach over no. and grab a coat. It's over. Yeah. So I'm like, Candy, remind me of the coat. And where's my Bible? Anybody see my Bible? Okay, Colin's got your Bible. Colin, can you give me my Bible? Where's my coat? Where's my coat? Okay, no, where's my iPad? And does Colin have that? So this is all going on. He was a wreck, Robert. That was a wreck. Was a wreck. Oh, not a wreck, but a close to it. So they come to me, and then I'm, I'm being in a room of 15,000 people. So they come to me, and they say, all right, you got to go. It's, it's the last time. Song. It's time. Yeah, it's time. So I I walk down the stairs. I go in the back, and again, mics on. Three minutes. All right, get in place. Stand by the back. And so I'm standing by the back, and you know, two minutes, you're up, and he's going to finish, and then you're. And I get literally one minute to pray. I mean, I've already prayed. Obviously, prayed my prayer partner before we went. I prayed with the staff before, but I get one minute to catch my breath. I take a deep breath. And I'm standing back at the curtain, looking out to the platform, a little sliver of light. And I um, say to the Lord, Lord, you know my heart. Um, I want this to be about you. I don't want it to be about me. Um, you know, you know, God, honestly, two, three years ago, pre-revival, pre-10-month sitting with the Lord, Robbie, uh, the lines were very blurred between the cause of Christ and the cause of Robbie. Very blurred. 
Um, the tweets were blurred. The Instagram posts were blurred. The, the, the motivation was blurred because I got really good at saying, man, I'm doing this for the Lord. But subtly, I wanted affirmation. And I thought that was awesome. And this sermon was great. Boy, I never heard anybody, you know, those kind of things. But here I am going on the stage and I'm praying this prayer. Now, after the after I got off the stage, you commented to me about something um, and I want to, I want to, I want to come back to that. So don't let me forget that because it just got me thinking about the difference of me preaching that three years ago to that moment. So Jonathan Falwell introduces me, I walk on stage and I could tell at that moment that something is different. I can sense a difference. It was almost like I was a glove the Holy Spirit put his hand in the glove, and he was leading and directing me. I went back and listened to the sermon afterward, and I thought, I don't even remember saying some of these things. But it was just one of those preaching times, if you're a preacher, where you just felt spirit-led, and you were in a zone, and God just honored that. And I really think it's for this reason. I'll get to that in a moment. So I finish, and I give the invitation. And I asked for salvation to, for salvation. I say, and you know, Christian university, but obviously I know there are lost people there because I was lost. And yeah. I think, I think what it resonated and you said this, I was speaking to me in college as a lost person at a Christian college. Yeah. I jokingly earlier said, I've heard, I've heard this sermon 167 times. I don't know if it's been that many, but I have heard it a lot. And this time was very different and I think I asked you, do you think part of the reason was because more than any other audience, you could personally relate to every single person in the audience being a student at a Christian university? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it was part of it. I think part of it is to the worship there is similar to Long Hollow, which I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a student body, so it's easy to preach to when they're engaged, obviously. But here's the difference, I thought. When I got off the stage and I told you this, I said, Colin, I think the message is the same. Yeah. I preached that message 500 times. Yeah. But the man who delivered it mm-hmm. was not. Yeah. I agree. I'm not the same guy. I mean, I, I'm not saying, you know, this is supposed to me, but I'm just saying I'm, I don't feel like the same guy I was prior to this encounter with the Lord. Um, years ago. And by the way, if you're looking for a good book on this, and we haven't talked about this in a while, a good book on this is called They Found the Secret, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great book uh, by Edmund. Okay, let me get to the end because we're, we're getting over, but I want to share this one culminating insight. So we come back that night and I'm preaching on uh, the testing of Abraham and how God, the greatest test in my life was when I heard uh, internal audible voice, spontaneous baptism, and how I would respond to that and how that unlocked one simple step of faith, unlocked the revival. Bible, uh, moving at Long Hollow for a year, baptized, uh, saw almost 1,600 baptized. And I talk about how, again, I thought the problem was exterior. God says, no, you're the problem. And I asked them, would you come pray to ask God to send revival to this campus, your community, your church, your family, yourself, and ask God if you're the problem? And I said, I don't know if y'all do this, but I want you to come and bow down. And um, I got on my knees and I started praying. And I didn't really see everybody because I couldn't see. And when I finished praying, I kind of went to the back. But my mom, you told me afterward, but my mom who was watching online was so overwhelmed, which my parents are not very impressed with much, uh, you know, 20 years in the ministry at this point. But uh, they, they, my mom was so overwhelmed. She took pictures of the screen and showed them to me afterward. And you said this, every square inch of that floor 
was filled with students on their faces prostrate before the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, just laid out praying and seeking God. And so here's here's a lesson. I come off the stage, and I think, Robert, we could possibly link this picture. I want people to see this picture, what I'm talking about, because profound insight here, the Lord showed me. I'm off the stage, and here I am sitting on a little chair in the back, uh, off uh, to the back of the arena. Uh, it, it just kind of frame it. Uh, to the left of me of the picture is the entire auditorium. I'm in the dark. And in front of me is this sliver of light. And in the middle of the sliver of light, you can see there's an arrow pointing somewhere. And I don't see this yet because I'm praying after the service. And and right before I see it, a guy comes over and leans over. He taps me on the shoulder and he says, Hey, pastor, thank you for those words this morning. And tonight he said, I've been here a long time. He was kind of an older guy, um, obviously work with production. He said, I've been here a long time. He said, I have not seen, I've rarely seen a response like we have, we're seeing right now. I said, really? He said, oh yeah, right out there right now, God is moving in the hearts of these students. And I said, wow, praise God. And so I look up and I see this and it affected me so much, Colin, I had to take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And the picture you're seeing, if you're looking online or on the podcast, you're seeing a picture of a sliver of light coming off on the ground that comes to the edge of where I'm sitting, you'll notice that my knees and my shoes and my body are completely in the dark. The only thing in this sliver of light is an arrow that points to the curtain that you walk out to the stage. And if you can zoom in, you see that on that arrow, you can't really see it with the shining uh, of the light, but it says S-T-A-G-E. So the arrow says stage pointing to the stage. Now, a line I've used at Long Hollow, and this is a great reminder for all of us, is this, God will never share the stage with anyone. Either you get on the stage and he steps off or he steps on the stage and you step back. I always say this all the time. Now, it's easier said than done. And so at that moment, I look up, the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear, Robbie, I want you to notice what's in the light. And I thought, wow, the stage is in the light. Mm -hmm. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Robbie, if you keep letting me have the stage, and you stay in the shadows like you are now, I'll keep using you. Mm -hmm. And immediately I thought, God opposes the proud Mm -hmm. and gives grace to the humble. And so let me just encourage you today. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I'm learning, and obviously it's a work in progress, but I'm learning the more I decrease, it's kind of antithetical to how we think life works. The more I decrease, the more God uses me the more I seek approval and affluence and affirmation from the world, it's almost like God steps back and says, no, you got this. You're doing a good job of it. Um, but uh, what a great insight. We decrease. God increases. He gets the glory. We get the blessing. Mm. Thanks for sharing something so personal uh, between you and the Lord because I do think it. I know it was beneficial to me. I think it will help others as well. Uh, one of the the coolest things from that experience is I think you told me last week this was the largest audience you've ever preached to at one time, and for God to teach you that lesson in that environment is incredible. Pastor, church leader, uh, Christian, uh, only you and the Lord know know the motivation of your heart, and so as Pastor was talking about even um, posting or seeking approval of people, um, I don't know that I could sense that as a friend and a co-worker, uh, as an outsider, but he knew uh, the motivation of his heart. And so and I would just encourage you, uh, 
ask the Lord to show you the motivation of your heart. I know that's what I've been doing for the last few days, is God, am I doing what I'm doing for you to receive all the glory, for you to be in the light and me to remain in the shadows, or am I trying to take something that ultimately belongs to you? Hey, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, do us a favor and like this podcast or subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. Uh, if you're not part of the Replicate Collective and you think it would be beneficial or just want to check it out, uh, we'd love to talk to you more about it. Go to replicatecollective.org or .com and get more information there. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.